0: were performing they were clearly performing for him because none of them looked particularly that they were having a great time
1: welcome to the sensuality academy podcast where i share tangible techniques to help you embody your femininity enhance your sex life and elevate your relationships. I'm your host, Eleanor Hadley, sensuality coach and founder of Sensual Yoga. Now let's unleash your inner sensualista. Welcome, my loves, to another episode of the Sensuality Academy podcast. Longtime listeners will remember an episode a while ago, episode number 24, that I did with Megan Vander about all things bisexuality. Now that episode has been one of my most popular episodes to date, and I have since received countless DMs from you, telling me how much this episode resonated with you, and that it actually helped a lot of you realize that you actually are bisexual or perhaps bicurious. And honestly, it feels like there's been a mass awakening recently with more visibility of queer folk and bisexual people in media, not to mention the rise in popularity of lesbian TikTok and the prevalence of the glorious thirst trap. Today on the show, I am so honoured to have someone who has been a pioneer in the sexuality space, specifically for bisexual and bicurious women for over seven years. Genevieve is the founder of Skirt Club, With more than 16,000 members globally, Skirt Club is a safe, intimate, and luxurious community in which bisexual and bicurious women can and do explore their sexuality without the presence of men. A keen advocate for advancing women's sexual confidence, her worldwide events encourage women to put their own desires first. Their signature play parties offer women a chance to discover their sexuality Away from the prying eyes of men. And in her words, sexual empowerment is not just about turning on your boyfriend with another girl. It's about doing what excites you. Genevieve's work with Skirt Club sheds light on what is often the silent B in LGBTQIA+, the B that stands for bisexuality. Skirt Club provides a safe space where women can share their thoughts and feelings on this often hidden sexual orientation. As you'll hear in the interview, I first came across Skirt Club after reading about it in a book years ago. I remember the moment so vividly. I was on holiday with my male partner at the time, reading this chapter on the beach in Brazil. I immediately got my phone out to see where the nearest event was, curious as all hell. But then, oddly, when I was speaking to my partner about it and sharing the statistics that 74% of so-called straight women experience arousal towards other women, I was still somehow in denial. I mean, yeah, of course I would be with a woman sexually, and yes, I had been in the past, but not once did I even allow the question of could I be bisexual even enter my mind. Fast forward a couple of years and now I'm like, yeah, duh, Eleanor, of course you're a bloody bisexual. <laughs> But sometimes these things take time and a whole lot of deconditioning. I am so excited for you to hear my chat with Genevieve in this episode. We talk all about the origins of Skirt Club, the importance of prioritizing your pleasure and creating a safe space to explore it away from the male gaze. The rise in Skirt Club memberships since the beginning of the pandemic how to date women for the first time, what it's like to start dating and sleeping with women later in life, and the energetics and polarity involved in being with someone of the same gender. It's an amazing conversation and I really hope that you enjoy it. For more information about how to join Skirt Club and their events, head to the show notes now. Welcome Genevieve to the Sensuality Academy podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Well, hello,
0: Eleanor. So lovely to be on your show. Thanks for inviting me.
1: My pleasure. So, Skirt Club. I am so excited to have you on this show and talk all about Skirt Club. It's something that I heard about for the first time a couple of years ago. And it was when I was reading um, a book called Untrue by Wednesday Martin. And I remember as soon as I read about Skirt Club in that book, I was just so so intrigued. I jumped straight on my phone onto your website and I started looking to see if there are any events nearby. Mind you, at the time, I was still very much in denial about my obvious bisexuality, but (laughs) it definitely sparked an intrigue. So tell us, what is Skirt Club? What's it all about?
0: Well, darling, Skirt Club is a global community for bicurists and bisexual women who are looking to explore further and we specialize primarily in first-time adventures, so we, uh, we take our job very seriously to help you through those trepid times. As you can imagine, it's very um, anxiety-driven <laughs> to experience something like this for the first time. But yes, we're a global community of 16,000 women, primarily from London originally, but also operating in New York, San Francisco, LA, uh, Miami, where I live, and of course, the beautiful Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane.
1: Amazing! I, it's it's such an honor that Australia is on that list as well. I'm still yet to go to an event because it just hasn't teed up for me yet, but I'm constantly keeping an eye out, and I'm very excited to go. So you mentioned that you specialize in first time experiences for bisexual and bi curious women, which is absolutely a big big role. <laughs> Uh one that you don't take lightly and I think that's really beautiful because there are a lot of people particularly in my audience who are either bisexual newly or bicurious and it can be a really confronting thing to realize that about yourself and then work through you know any internalized biphobia and then actually take the step to potentially being with another woman so What's that like when people come for the first time? What what kind of uh, things do you notice in them? Oh
0: my gosh, the the nerves. So <laughs> I have, sadly, of course, there are some who choose not to make it all the way to the door and, and turn back and go home. Even so, you know, we it's a, it's a huge um, priority of ours to make sure that every member is received warmly and is taken in by one of our many hostesses, whose job is primarily to. Uh, welcome her introduce it to other members make sure she has a glass of champagne maybe more than one <laughs> to help calm those nerves but yes it's you know and also somebody who's i'm very sensitive to energy as well it's it's um hugely impactful on myself and our team we recognize ourselves and we were all once a first timer and so we understand exactly how it we just want to make her feel welcome and uh, and relaxed. So we do have a strategy to do that. And of course, she'll realize immediately once she's arrived that she's one of many. Uh, almost every woman that comes to Skirt Club comes alone. I mean, you're not going to bring your best friend. You're not going to bring your sister. <laughs> so yeah. you probably haven't told anyone that you're even thinking about this. You know, and that makes things even more scary because you're often, you, know, you may have told your boyfriend, but ultimately, you know, you're going to possibly a place you've never been before to meet people you don't know to do something you've never done the the nerve factor on that is off the scale so yeah it's it's a big deal it's a big deal we take our responsibilities very seriously yeah absolutely
1: and so you said that some people even turn away at the door because of nerves oh that's heartbreaking
0: yeah, there's a, it's a no show. Okay, it's unlikely you're going to no show an event when you spend, you know, good money on a ticket, or yeah, a, a night that may change your life, and the, the pressure of that is immense. And um,
1: yeah, and you know, it's such a unique thing to be an adult and having your first romantic and or sexual experiences for the first time. You know, a lot of us. In high school or in our early 20s, most of the time that's when we have our first experiences predominantly with men. You know, we we are kind of indoctrinated into a society that heterosexuality is kind of compulsory. It's it's the, the norm. It's what we tend to go towards. And we don't often allow ourselves that time to really check in and consider our sexuality unless it's very, very clear to us. And so it is this really unique thing. And I know for me, in my experience, kind of allowing myself to realize this about myself, you know, in my very early 30s, it's almost like I feel like I'm a teenager again. I'm like, I don't know how to date. How do I kiss a woman? How do I be? Oh my gosh. Like what, what do I do? Is it really different? Is it the same? I'm not sure. And it's very confusing.
0: It is and you know think back to how we learned about sex and sexuality as you say by men from men who led the way who instigated it all. Yes. You've never really been the one who to chat up another person make the first move and and to do that for the first time and with a different gender that's uh pretty hard for most of us so yeah, yeah absolutely so, sympathy for any woman uh, looking to to experiment for
1: the first time here. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a really, really curious thing. And I've been talking to friends and everything about it. And just yeah, really saying, I feel like a teenager, I don't know what to do. And like you said, the the polarity, the energetics are different in a way. I mean, we all have, you know, these different energies at play, the masculine and the feminine within us. But when it is someone of the same gender, you share that gender then it can get confusing because it's like who does what and because we are so so conditioned in the binary of oh well the man asks the woman out and the woman says yes and then this happens and then that happens it can be highly confusing when you're like okay so do they ask or do I ask and how do I dress and how do they dress because we're trying to play into this this binary but it's it's not really relevant is it
0: it's not, and it's so interesting to watch women um, try and figure that out. For me too, who expresses myself very much as a woman, um, very feminine. You know, I dress very, very female, and uh, here I am in a situation where I'm conversing with a woman and I'm, I'm trying to make a move on her, and I don't know if I should. Be flirty, or I should be more direct and <laughs> just tell her how I feel. And I, I and telling her how I feel is what was what, what a guy would do. You know, he'd be the so. I really like you. I'd like to take you on a date. I'd like to buy you a drink. I found myself stepping into that role a bit more often, like offering to pay for dinner, offering to take her home. Like <laughs> and I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just did that, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't have to do that. I don't know why. I just it felt right, I suppose. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, when we think about polarity, polarity is so so fascinating to me because it's it's not about the binary, but it is recognizing that we do have different energies that are at play and you know, we need someone who is giving um in order to receive and we need someone who is receiving in order to give and you know, the these this push and pull happens naturally. But because we often see them through the lens of male versus female, quite, quite specifically, it can be so confusing. I remember when I went on my first like official date with a woman, met on Tinder, like, okay, I'm going to do this. (laughs) Um, I was like so confused about what to wear. And I remember kind of unpacking this in myself because I perceived her to be very femme perceived her energy to be very feminine and her um, presentation to be very feminine. And so I kind of lent more towards wearing something mask. I wore like black pants and like a shirt and, you know, like <laughs> wide leg pants. And, you know, it's something that I like, I do wear that all the time. It's a really comfortable outfit for me, right. but I noticed myself actively going, no, don't choose the floral dress because she's going to be wearing a floral dress. <laughs> And then later, I was like, "What the fuck, Eleanor? Why are you doing that? Why are you like playing into these gender roles?" But it was curious.
0: Interesting what we do subconsciously. No real explanation uh, other than if, it, if the shoe fits. And I find it changes also with the with the woman that you're dating or intending to date. Absolutely. Same roles.
1: Uh, Absolutely, we do. Yeah, and I've had the exact same in reverse. You know, perceived someone else that I was dating as very mask and so I was like oh I'm gonna wear my floral dress today and it just it's so interesting how that shifts and I noticed that in myself just in the day-to-day like I feel different in different outfits like it really does affect how you show up but particularly in this kind of dating context I was like huh would you look at that? <laughs> that's weird. And now I feel like I need to decondition myself out of this like, very heteronormative structure that I'm clearly finding myself I? in. <laughs> who am I? Oh, gosh. Existential crisis and a half.
0: Yeah. Funny old world. But you, you do learn a lot about yourself. And it's nice to you know, wear different, different outfits and be different people. It's, it's fascinating. You get to see different sides of your personality. And I think that's really part of exploring who you are as a person, not just your sexuality, which um, ultimately sort of falls into the same thing. So it's, uh, it, it's fascinating. And you have to explore that. You can't go through life not finding out. Um, I think that would be a life wasted. So, um, you know, it's one of my missions with Skirt Club is one of them is <laughs> it, it, to help women explore themselves safely, you know, in a space that's run only by women. So there is no pressure or threat from what would otherwise be a male advancing on her, um, it's for, their, for her to choose at her own pace, you know, that's really Im- important when it comes to deciding how you want to, to be sexually and how far you want to take that. So we, we definitely arm our members with tools to say no and you know how to understand what boundaries are and that it's okay to, to say no and, and Here's the other problem. Often women are like, "Well, I don't, I can't reject how I might hurt her my feelings." So <laughs> we have to teach them. Okay, it's not a guy, correct? Uh, but here's a nice way of saying it. And 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 the, and the other lady, she must understand that it's a it's a polite rejection, and, and, and to and to both of you to be cordial about that, you know, and uh, and to step away. So it's 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 a dance like everything, but finding the right words is the way to do it.
1: Yeah, oh, clear well. communication. <laughs> So that's something that is quite clear like um, when you res- go to a skirt club event that you have those sort of rules or those boundaries in place and um, that people are all aware of this is how I can say no and these are my options is that is that quite an integral thing.
0: Yeah, every event starts with a health and safety chat. Um, well, after the warm welcome, mm. of course, you don't go straight in with that. But uh, after a couple <laughs> of glasses of champagne, too, but not too many, because I want them to be, to remember what we've taught them. So, so quickly. Then the first hour, at the very least, um, there'll be a welcome speech by the host. Um, if that's me in, in New York. It normally is, but Australia, it'd be one of our team, um, and she'd explain, you know, her, her journey to the Skirt Club, um, her sexuality, what she found, what what thrills her. Uh, why why she loves the community, and then thank everybody for coming and trusting us because we know it takes a brave woman to, to step through that door. But the hard part is over, and now you get to really enjoy the courage that you've presented to us today. So there's a lot of heartfelt thanks there. And then we'll step into something around, You know, this is a dental dent, this is a condom, this is how you use them. So they are laid out all over the room. And then we'll talk around Things like how to say no lightly, gently, firmly. And if you're feeling safe in any way to come find uh, one of our safety angels or one of the team. Uh, The safety angel always wears a big pair of feather wings, huge, uh, so you can't miss her. And then we introduce the whole team, which is normally about eight or ten women. And they're all wearing something that's a little bit matching, like a silk scarf, or something to help identify them in case you forget later who the team was. And to know that you can always approach us if anything happens that you're uncomfortable with. Just to talk about it is fine. If you just act on it, we can't. Yeah. Yeah. Not to sit in silence.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think that's really beautiful. I think that's um, an incredibly important part of hosting events like that and particularly for newcomers to know that they, they are really safe. Um, I think that's a really wonderful part of it. And you also mentioned about how it's clearly an all female um, space that is hosted by a team of women, uh, and that that's very intentional, specifically for the safety of the women. And I know that as part of your story, you noticed that when you were going to play parties uh, with your male partner, that you felt like you were doing it a lot of the things for his external like gays right I think that this is something that a lot of women are kind of conditioned particularly when we consider bisexuality we often consider it in the lens of oh yeah like I would have a threesome with my male partner and a woman um, and a lot of people feel like they may be doing it for um, the benefit of that man and so it sounds like this is quite intentionally very different away from the male gaze.
0: Yeah, and, I, and I'll admit, honestly, because of my own story, you know, I, I I had to find the antidote. I was, I was, I felt kind of used, to be honest, and um, in my, in a past relationship where I had um, entrusted him with confessing my sexuality and the desire to explore it, and he had quickly manipulated that into a threesome every night, you know, almost at the blink of an eyelid. It was pretty impressive how fast he moved, but of course... Oh, he, well, he's a good businessman. I can see how he gets deals done. But on this occasion, I was like, this is my life. Yeah. <laughs> not, not impressed. And so we'd, we'd go to events. Well, and I picked them out, to be honest. Here I am trying to impress him. This is so interesting because I look back now, and I'm, this is 10 years ago. And I was much younger, of course, and I had no experience. And I I bought a ticket to um, a, a mixed co-ed sex, sex party in London. And I'd gone there buying the tickets myself as a, as a birthday gift for him and the, the event was run by a, by a woman so I was very much under the impression that girls made the rules as it was advertised but then there's this thing called reality where we can say it but it doesn't actually happen because men think they own the place and I walk in there with my elbow being dragged one direction and my ass grabbed the next and I'm, I'm still holding his oh. hand I'm thinking I paid my own ticket jesus why am I being treated like a piece of meat fresh on the market? It's just not cold. And yeah. that annoyed me. Um, he, of course, the boyfriend annoyed me naturally. And um, he'd always pick out the girls and say, go fetch. And I'd be like, well, I don't, I'm not attracted to blondes. So that doesn't work for me. <laughs> I like the brunette. <laughs> so, and then I'd be like, "This fight," <laughs> but, Right. Yeah. Um, but I'd always get who I wanted because he wasn't getting anything otherwise. But, uh, you know, that I, I looked around the room and then I, you know, it dawned on me that that women were performing they were yeah. clearly performing for him because none of them looked particularly like they were having a great time you know it just it saddened me so much that feeling still sticks with me today to know that women are just existing for, for men's pleasure when we have so much of our own pleasure to satisfy and we ignore it and we tell ourselves well it's for him you know we don't deserve it we've got Things to do, like a more we'll list, a ton of like menial tasks that are apparently more important than our own selves. i watched my mother do it all her life, and I'm, I'm. This has to end, so I'm hoping, I kind of know that scout club is part of fixing that problem because it teaches you to put yourself first. He's not there. Exactly. <laughs> he can only think yeah. about you. Yeah, <laughs> and you're going to find some things out that are going to surprise you. Yeah.
1: Oh, gosh. Okay, I feel like you just said a million fabulous things. Um, it, it really is true that so many of us do just perform sexuality, whether it's just with one single male partner or in a threesome environment. And one of my mantras that I teach my clients and that I kind of bang on about all the time is prioritize your pleasure because so often, particularly as women and those who identify us, we just don't. We don't prioritize it. We don't. We don't get taught that it's important. Um, we get taught that male pleasure is more important, more valid than ours because it's quicker and more like obvious, you know. And that like they own pleasure, and that oh, if there's if you're not if you're not you're not coming, then that's that's your fault, not you know anything to do with the partner or a, a, any of those things, and so. I love this idea of really taking it entirely away Um, and I know that for me when I have also sort of expressed my sexuality to male partners almost instantly it's like oh you know sometimes there's this level of like oh yeah of course that's fine with me you know and some, some of them go immediately, yeah, let's have a threesome tomorrow. And then others go, oh, yeah, like, I just want you to tell me all about it or rah, 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 as though it's really is some sort of performance, that it is for them somehow to kind of own, even though it really is ours entirely.
0: It's our body, it's our mind, it's our choice. He has nothing to do with it at all. And for centuries, I don't know how they got away with it for so long. (laughs) But this is done now. Sorry, guys. (laughs) We're done. Just an
1: FYI, a little note. We're done with that. And now it's time to prioritize your own pleasure.
0: (laughs) We have moved on. And I have have to say the husbands and boyfriends of my members and my team are on board with that. They're not even resisting Some of them are like, oh thank God I don't have to do all the work anymore. And others are like, <laughs> I, I love her to be empowered. She's like she's so strong. She's a, you know, it makes me more attracted to her, in fact. You know, there's a magnetic something between us now. So the benefits are all around. Um I think there are definitely some um, majority of men who are still stuck in an era where it was it was their way or the highway, and unfortunately they'll be left behind. So this is the future. And I, I, it takes, it's going to take the women to jump on board quicker than the men to let go, I think.
1: Because uh, yeah. they have
0: the most to learn about themselves. And now is a great time to start.
1: It is a really great time to start. And that actually leads me on to, I want to ask you, have you noticed an uptake in membership recently? Because I know uh, for me, I, obviously I was – in denial for a while, you know. You know, jumped on the website as soon as I heard about it. I um, had been with with women sexually, but still been like, nah, nah. I mean, I'm straight. Like, I mean, everyone's attracted to women, duh. Like, uh, isn't everybody? (laughs) Like, they're beautiful. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) I realized that's not quite the case. But (laughs) I know that for me, in the past year and a half or so particularly since the start of the pandemic, I've noticed so much more visibility um, Mm. in uh, bisexuality and just, you know, queer issues in general. Like I've noticed so many more influencers and artists and people in the general sphere are coming out or being, you know, a lot more uh, vocal about their sexuality. And for me, I think that that played a huge role in, realizing that oh yeah like this is an option because it just wasn't really before it was on the fringe right particularly with the start of the pandemic and for me the rise of TikTok I was like oh wow a lot of queer people out there oh wow like bisexuality it's like really like hey oh I feel that way too and like sharing these experiences and understanding a little bit more have you noticed that you've had a rise in membership as a result
0: yeah like like a thousand percent. <laughs> it's, wow. it's insane. And we were we we were kind of like big out of the gate because it was such a brand new idea back in twenty fourteen when we launched. And we came to Australia in twenty sixteen. And I mean the press coverage was insane. a lot of the time we didn't even know we were in the press. Um, when we got the chance we were interviewed, but it was every single newspaper or magazine we were just like, let's cover the story, because it was a very sexy, right? So click yeah. me. Um, Uh, photos and images are all good and there was a sort of like harmless naughty fun about it so there was that but generally I think all the brave women came forward quickly but then the majority were like oh no I'm I wouldn't dare tell my mom my mom's sister found out my god that'd be so embarrassing but then something else changed I think pop culture came into the equation and then you've got Girls, that single that came out, um, you know, just like two years ago, girls, girls, girls. And then you've got like a, t- a ton of pop stars making out, like making out with girls and music videos. And but I, I mean, I, I see women making out on Netflix, like almost in every single TV series I see now. And so it's, yeah. it's become so mainstream. Like if you have not made out with a girl, what are you doing? It almost is, is the feeling now. <laughs> so you probably felt like it was normalized and therefore you were less fearful of expressing your feelings. That's great. I've definitely seen Scout Club benefit, you know, from applications that come flooding through. And the pandemic was an even bigger push because we were all sitting at home mostly contemplating our lives. <laughs> you know, yeah. what what if this kills us? What if we never see our parents again? What do I have to, you know, I lose my job. And then, oh, but what about sex? What do I want? Yeah. Oh, well, I haven't tried this before. I wouldn't mind. Mm-hmm. How do I go about that? And I think it's just life too short. is Is definitely something that's come forward to the front of everyone's minds. Mm-hmm. We're not afraid. We're not going to wait anymore because <laughs> there might not be enough. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, we've seen a you know a, a huge number of applications come through. We just allow, announced um, some dates for Sydney and Melbourne events, and as a result, I guess word of mouth because we can't advertise, right? We're, we're Sex-related company, therefore, are Oh gosh, um, yeah, I know you know all about that. <laughs> I do I
1: do? Oh, I could do a whole episode ranting about censorship. Oh.
0: <laughs> Let me join you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've seen a huge push in Sydney. Um, I don't really know what's driving it, other than this whole new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but definitely, people wanting to enjoy their lives more rather than work themselves yeah. to death. And, yeah. Enjoying sex, enjoying discovering your sexuality is you know, part of the point of being alive, to know yourself, like your purpose almost. So, yes, of course, they're more interested. Um, it's going to be an interesting next 10 years, I feel, because no one's held back anymore. I wonder if Scott's going to be too vanilla, actually. <laughs> so, oh, wow. I can imagine. <laughs> Only because, you know, we're very much like that that first time experience it's very much like going out for drinks with the girls it 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 really isn't that much difference going to a skirt event like no one from afar would know what it was about Uh, you just look like Mm -hmm. you just like friends hanging out uh, you know uh, unless you came to one of our signature events which is it's a play party and you know it's definitely more than that but it's in a private house and it's behind closed doors and you wouldn't be bumping into anyone you knew so you know that that kind of you don't need to tell anyone. You will easily get away with the, keeping this private. So it's very easy to achieve. But, you know, there's another level, of course. There's, there are, in this in, the, in this industry, there are a way more um, advanced, shall we say, extreme types of sex events that you could attend mm-hmm. and learn more, you know, enter the kink scene. There's a whole new, whole new genre there. Like, we did not even touch that. So, you know, there's a lot to
1: learn. Absolutely. And so the way
0: that I um,
1: got reintroduced to Skirt Club, I actually hosted uh, a workshop down in Melbourne a few months ago. And one of the participants, one of the participants in the workshop uh, was actually the Australian director um, of Skirt Club. Uh, Who came up to me? The (laughs) loveliest fox. And so she came up to me afterwards, and she said, "Hey, have you heard of Skirt Club?" And I was like, "Yes, I have. Why?" And she handed me one of these beautiful. Oh, you've got a calling card. card. I've got a calling card. I felt very special that invites you to join as a member. I just thought that was a really beautiful touch. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
0: Well, I, you know, like I was saying earlier, it's, it's awkward um, being a woman chatting up a woman. Mm. I still find it very difficult. I mean, how do you know if she might be interested? You're, you're in a yeah. bar, you know, my, my gaydar's pretty good, but my bidar is off still. There's just, yes. there is no clue. <laughs> There's nothing about the way she dresses or looks that's going to tell you. Um, yeah. The only thing you could probably check into is her eye contact or her energy. But, you know, in a bar, you probably had a few drinks. That's going to, I mean, that's already difficult. So um, yeah. we have these calling cards, so that if there's someone special you really like, then you can hand one. And by default, you're kind of saying, "Hey, I'm into I'm into the ladies too. If you yeah. might be, this is an event I'd love to invite you to as my guest. So it's uh, it's a great way to do the do the chat offline without doing the chat up line. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I
1: love this. Okay, because. I mean, I got it in, I think, a different context because, you know, she was like, oh, you know, you should definitely come to these sort of events. But mm. I love the idea of being like, yeah, so if you are to come to this event, like that's like a big step. Hey, um, not only just like, oh, would you like to like catch up for a drink? It's like, no, like, do you want to come to this play party with me? <laughs> I think it's <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a clear it's incredible. <laughs> Very clear signal. So, that's a way to do it. Because, uh, like you said, it's so hard to know. Like, yeah, it's, to know someone's sexuality just from their appearance is like damn near impossible. You know, there's definitely like some signs that, like, you know, communities kind of like to, you know, have certain types of clothes or things like that. But really, you can't tell, especially when someone is femme presenting it's so difficult and yeah I know that that's something that everybody struggles with because it's like um are we just being like nice to each other are we hanging out as friends or is this a date I don't understand um it's so confusing
0: so to have something that's a little
1: bit more clear very handy
0: yeah it's it's very confusing and sometimes she doesn't even know how she feels and yeah that that can that can bring up a lot of emotions for her. Like she likes you, but doesn't know what this feeling is. So she may need to go away and think about that a little bit, digest it something, some more and uh, Mm. come back later. But you know, a lot of women do like we have a statistic on our website that 90% of women are interested in other women. And I absolutely stand by that. It's clear to me that most women would, they would like to experience. It might not mean anything Mm. and often Mm. it doesn't, but it's, it's, the, it's just the sensual experience is so much more woman to woman than man to woman.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's really different, isn't it? Which leads me to... Okay. So many people in my audience. So I mentioned earlier that I have done an episode on bisexuality in the past and it was so popular. I had so many people writing in like, oh, wow, I I didn't realize I've been questioning, but I hadn't really thought about it. And so I know that there's a lot of people listening that might be in that boat of it's my first time. Now, if they can't make an event, um, if there's not one happening near them soon and they've been waiting like I have, do you have any tips for first time with a woman? Like
0: it can be so nerve wracking. What would you say to them? Okay, just to put this into perspective, are they on a date that they both realize they're on a date? They're not in the present. <laughs> I, already... I, think, I think
1: let's <laughs> let's do a few different levels. So like first time like with the, yeah, on a date with a woman, like asking them out and then also like sexually being with a woman for the first time because that that can be
0: Yeah. And I would definitely take my time with that one. Um, I I think, okay. So going on a a date, see, I, I I did go on a date very recently with someone I really liked and, um, I made it very clear from the start, this was a date. And, um, even, even though I do what I do, I still find that, find that like, Oh, (laughs) especially when you really like someone, you know? (laughs) So I, yeah, I was nervous. you know, I, I met her at the bar and, um, I think none of us really knew how to be with one another, so I just quickly fell into the the female friend zone when I was, like, yeah. So you know, what, what do you do? Like, how was your day? I love your dress, you know. And there's, a, I think that immediately <laughs> makes you feel comfortable because we know how that goes um, when you're yeah. with your friends. It's, you compliment each other's um, makeup, hair, whatever you share notes Mm. on your favorite cocktails um did you catch that series on netflix and then you can go through the regular stuff that can bring you down to feeling uh like this is normal so Mm -hmm. the nerves have settled and then of course you have to get get out of the friend zone so this is where it gets tricky because you can ask so I, i tend to go to things like you know your partner for example um how's your relationship um is, is it open um open-ish <laughs> um mm-hmm. you you mostly into, into women or men you know so I'll, I'll talk to them about their sexuality and their desires yeah. and often of course it's, it's much easier when you own a club like skirt club to go there of course but you can always yeah. oh, have you heard of skirt club you know because it's it's indicating that it's something that you frequented or it's something you, you have a desire to so she's she'll be intrigued oh you like that yeah i tried this and you can you can compare notes on what you have and haven't done, and I think women love to know the detail, like where where have you been, <laughs> your history, what you've done, where that puts you in terms of experience. So, so then they start to you know level up a bit here on like okay, well this person knows what she likes and this person doesn't know what she likes yet, um, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a big conversation topic. So you can you can go there for a whole hour on that one. And I think yeah. after that date, I would leave it there. I would say goodnight and I would give her a kiss on the cheek and say, it was lovely. Thank you so much. And I would certainly text her on getting home just to say, I hope you made it safely home. It was lovely having a lovely evening with you, you know, and keep it friendly and do all the things that you wish, you know, your boyfriend did. So <laughs> you have that experience, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the first date scenario. And I would definitely wear something that makes you feel comfortable. I mean, I, I put on like tight little black dresses and just sat there all night trying to adjust it. And I'm I, I don't need to do that. I just put on the, the thing that I know I like to wear most. So, and it's usually just something that's more looser and, and comfortable flat shoes, etc. So, don't don't feel like you need to do the whole hog telemys makeup handbag like you don't need to do that at all. She's yeah. not expecting you to do that. Um, that's kind of what guys want anyway. So, moving on to your second scenario where you've got um, yes. a first sexual experience. Okay, so how do you set that up? Uh, I prefer to let that happen naturally. Like I wouldn't set up, you know, oh, I booked a hotel room. Do you want to come stay over? I wouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd be more like, hey, um, so I'm married. In my situation, I'd be like, you know, my, my husband's out of town. for work this week. Are you free? So I'm leaving that open, right? Because she knows that I'm, I'm alone. And she could say yes or no. And um, if she says, yeah, sure. Do you want to try this bar? And I'd be like, yeah, well, I can cook you dinner, um you know, so that she has an op- op- option to come to my house as well, but she has option and you have to give options at all times because then they will choose where they want to go, and she has to lead um because they women're not forthcoming enough with no thank you right, so you have to give her a b or C or just a or b, c maybe c's too many and and then yeah c- come over. <laughs> yeah. oh I got bottle of champagne from two years ago or serving it for a special occasion um you know i I just let that <laughs> happen naturally because. Uh, it's not something that it can't be contrived Mm -hmm. otherwise it doesn't feel like it flowed you know so uh in terms of you wanting to know the actual physical sexual I
1: honestly (laughs) I think that a lot a lot of my listen (laughs) listeners will be going like okay but how do I actually like you know like make that move and how do we go there and yeah I think that it's honestly something that people are are craving to know like the the (laughs) nitty-gritty
0: okay so a couple of ideas I mean for me, I would I would definitely be like, after a few glasses, I'd be like, I would just compliment, go straight in with, air absolutely have yeah, the cutest bottom I've ever seen. Like, I'd go straight in there with, uh, can I yeah. touch it? <laughs> so, and, then, and, then, and then I'd playfully spank it. And she'll either blush and be like, oh, um, can I have a drink? Or she'll be like, that's nice. and and then I'll just spank it again and and then we'll see how that goes down as well and I think you just have to take it slowly but at that point generally there's going to be a moment where you can just pull her in and kiss her and I know that's a big move but you'll know Mm. it's okay because she'll give you a a longer look and she'll yeah. she may even do what I call the triangular gaze which is from the eyes to the lips to the breasts and up again and that is oh, a, yeah. that is a yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a yes. Oh, I know that look. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well yes, I'm interested or I'm gay, but you need obviously you need yeah. the actual yes. But it's you know, that's when you know, yeah, you can move into you can move on to the next um stage. But yeah, yeah. you know, of course there's, there's two there's two at play here. So don't think you have to do everything. It just it just tends to be easier if she's new at it. Uh, mm-hmm. because essentially you're teaching her. Uh, she she doesn't know how to make the move, but she she may do next time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then on the other hand, if you are the newbie and you're with someone who is more experienced, it can be definitely easier to be led, which is something that I found as well. You know, like we said before, often the dynamics and the polarity will shift depending on who you're with. Um, And it's really, really fascinating to see that. And so in some instances, I think you'll find that you're kind of called to step up into that, um, that more focused directive role of like, I'm going to make the first move. And then other times you'll be called to sort of settle back in, into that like kind of surrendering energy.
0: Yeah. You'd have to learn to read people um, to know where, and sometimes it just, it just happens generally very naturally, like try not to force anything because then you're not listening, you know, you're, you're too busy with yeah. what's going on in your head, but let it flow. And to your point about being led, you know, this is an interesting topic where bi women are leading by women because not everyone has that experience, right? It's, it's also hard to read each other in terms of what they want to find out at what level they want to go to on, on a first time basis, or it could be a second or third some, you know, not everyone knows just yet, you know, they're 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 feeling their way. Uh, So you have to be very careful with that. But I I do know one thing. I'm often asked, you know, why not, why not go to a lesbian bar and ask someone who is fully experienced with decades of knowing how to handle women? Why not go to a lesbian bar and find out that way? And Mm. you can ask, that is definitely one way to break the seal like you are you are definitely going to find out it's different and yeah. the, the one thing i will say is that uh you know having someone who's completely experienced and a, another person is a virgin it it doesn't always match because you you know you will be led strongly and mm. you may not be ready and you may not know how to say no so there's that but uh, you know there's i do get lots of comments like you know well Why is your your community only buying women at a party? Like, how could you... No one knows. If no one has all the experience, how could you possibly teach one another? And the the reality is you're figuring it out together. And it's it's a natural thing. It's not like a rule book or a sex guide, you know. A lot of this stuff comes naturally. So, and and it's more beautiful that way, in my opinion, because it's something that you discover together. You know, when a couple is newlywed and they, they make all their decisions together and it's like, it's a whole this experience of, of choosing together that I really enjoy personally, it feels a little bit more
1: equal as well. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's the same could be said for your very first experiences ever. You know, it's, it's not often that you're like, Oh, well, I I must have my first kiss or my first sexual experience with someone who already has had their first kiss and their first, ex-. you know, a lot of the time it will be both of you together, figuring it out, fumbling through, like, you know, a lot of the time we don't, this is, you know, a whole other topic, like we don't get a really great sex ed and like comprehensive sex ed to really understand the nuances. But like you said, a lot of it is really just exploring together and figuring it out. Like, oh, this feels good. Oh, I like that. And like, you know, not making it mean anything, just exploring one another's bodies. And like, really, when we tune into our own bodies, that's when we can really prioritize our pleasure, right?
0: That's the key. Like, figuring it out for yourself. You know, I, I think it, I think it's wrong to assume that first you do this and then you do that and then you do this. It's like, <laughs> like it's not for yeah. everyone. We all like different things, especially women. They are. Let me tell you, having slept with many women, that they all like something different. I had never found two the same. That can either be a headache or a joy, <laughs> Dep- depending <laughs> on how you look at it. <laughs> but it's certainly an adventure, and you That's know something. I. I I think learning is one of the most beautiful things in life. I think that's actually a really
1: wonderful point for anybody listening, whether it is someone who identifies as a woman or a man or anything in between to just recognize that every single person is quite different and are going to feel pleasure in different ways. And that, yeah, that can be a joy if you let it be a joy and an exploration and this new kind of journey rather than, you know, unfortunately I've had a lot of people tell me that they've had particularly their male partners say oh well this worked for x y and z like my past partners like this and they have to say well I mean my my body's different and like I'm a different person so I'm like just because that worked for you before doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna work for me
0: and uh yeah and that's that's the journey you go on together and uh it should be done hand in hand so yeah Don't, don't think there's a oh I messed up I didn't do it right there's no so There's no right or
1: wrong it's fine. <laughs> Amazing. And so for people who um, who are not able to come to a, a first-time uh, party uh, with Skirt Club at one of your events, hopefully there are a lot of you that can and we'll put up all the details, of course, in, in the link. But what about people who are wanting to meet someone who is bicurious, who's bisexual or even who is queer where do they start? You know, I know that for me, I've gone on different types of apps, but do you have any other suggestions?
0: I mean, obviously dating apps will provide like that kind of like mm-hmm. hookup experience. Um, it's just often difficult to figure out if you're actually talking to the person who, they, who says they are that person, you know, because yeah. obviously someone notoriously bad for that. Others are really good. Um, I think Bumble's pretty great. And, you know, I think Skirt Club is a great option too, because online you can meet thousands of people at once. Um, you don't actually have to be physically at an event. And you can do that from the safety of your own home and you can do that on your own time. So it's, it it works, um, being able to like zone, zoom in on a location and find women in that area. Australia is a big country, right? So you, you need to be able to know <laughs> where they point chatting up somebody in Perth. It's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, you basically you well hit hit yeah, the city that you're in. And the events are good for that too, because you get to you get to meet people up front and you get a feel for who they actually are. And yeah, it's it, yeah, it's a, it's a, the process is a pleasure, you know, it's, as much as it is the the actual um, sex part. <laughs> for me, dating has always been a joy.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and so tell us a little bit more about the online platform of Skirt Club as well.
0: Sure, okay, so you can you can join our website, um, sign up as a member at skirtclub.co.uk and it's very simple, um, the form is very quick, you just need to add a photo, tell us where you live, and then yeah, then you join, and then you, you pick a city, which is going to be your main city, so is it Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, or um, and then you can join all of those other cities as well, even um, Auckland, and sign up to the events that are coming up, and we've got a, a great schedule for Sydney, every six weeks we're going to be hosting a mini skirt, um, the, yeah it's going to be in Darlinghurst the lovely Beauchamp Hotel which recently got renovated so we're really looking forward to being back in there because we were there previously for quite a while um, and in Melbourne we're starting off um, a Sunday session schedule which is a more relaxed lazy Sunday afternoon together a little burlesque to enjoy some fun games um, a little drinky poos maybe and um, yeah make some new friends I, I think women really enjoy the connection more than the making out sometimes, like getting to know one another, peeling back all the layers of the personality and common interests. And a lot of our members are also moms, you know, with kids, families, and people they've got to take care of when they get home, uh, jobs to hold down. They're juggling quite a lot. So I think we would have a lot of understanding for each other on that basis. Uh, they know how tough it is, but appreciate they're making time for their, themselves and their own pleasure too. And we can support one another better through that. So that, that's nice. Uh, yeah, so that's Sydney and Melbourne. Um, Brisbane, I know, are putting on uh, more sort of meet top skirt society type events in, in, in bar settings. They got it lucky through the pandemic, so they had more action
1: uh, over the past yeah. year than
0: the Sydney or Melbourne. But um, like all, all three cities now are running with regular event schedules. So. We're back, baby.
1: (laughs) So exciting. So I will put all the links in our show notes so that you can find an event near you um, and find the online platform as well. Genevieve, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been wonderful to chat and I'm sure that a lot of my audience are very, very fascinated and
0: probably already jumping on the website right now. (laughs) Well, I can't wait to meet them. And thank you so much for inviting me to tell my story. I hope it resonates with lots of other women out there.